Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top tier. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> How you doing today? All, all of us cretins? Yeah. We're doing fantastic, I think. Yellow. You're doing yellow. Ah. <laughs> Stage yellow. <laughs> sort of like the, uh, you know, security threat levels. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. It is a threat, that's I was thinking that was his uh, color coordination note for the day. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking a little jaundice. Yes. Yeah. Yellow is in. Yeah. It's his. It's his color. Yeah. Did you all have partake of any Super Bowl parties yesterday? I did. I had a Super Bowl party of one. Ah. All <laughs> by my old lonesome. Really. <laughs> I did. I had some work to do, and then. Um, then let's see. I made myself like two pounds of wings <laughs> and ate those. You tubby loser! And then uh, sucked that down with a bottle of Evil Twin. Yeah. And uh, actually, kind of sounds really good. It was yeah. really good, and they actually went together really well. Um, then I uh, had myself a big bowl of guacamole that I had made. Mm. <laughs> and then I kind of passed out. Thank God for uh, DVRing uh, the game because <laughs> I went back up and I was able to kind of back up and see what I missed. And then and uh, it was nothing, right? You didn't really miss me. No, not really, not really. And then uh, then I had some some baby back ribs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? How's your cholesterol? I don't know. It's it's my holiest of holy days. That's true. You know, so uh, I I make the most of it. It's like you know Jesus walking amongst us again. That's that's what Super Bowl Sunday is. I thought you had done some takeout Indian food or something. No, 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 no. I really live it up on uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, kick, nice. kick the family out. <laughs> yeah, food, I don't know nap. where the family was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, yeah, nice long nap. Uh. Back up. Enjoyed the game. Sounds good. Yeah. I just watched it here at the, uh, uh, at the studio. Mm-hmm. You know, we had our pregame, uh, a pregame show with Mason from Nine Six One Beer, a nice little craft brewery in Lebanon. So Ooh. that was a good, uh, mm. good interview. And then, uh, yeah, it's basically hung here. I actually made some uh, wings mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Use Frank's Red Hot. I don't know if your your sauce of choice, but mine. Oh, is, Frank's is Frank's Red Hot. Oh yeah, Frank's pretty sturdy, yeah, right? Absolutely. 
and uh, Frank's an excellent choice. And then just hung out, drank a lot of beer, hung out, and um, yeah, Bevo came over, Bevo and Sam, and brought their little mutant, and uh, Terrence, cool. Becca brought theirs, and then they brought a friend who had another baby, so it was like Baby City, mm-hmm. and uh, that was real gross. Because there's dirty diapers being changed and poop being wiped up like every quarter is gross. So, <laughs> And the babies were a mess, too. The babies were a horrible mess. And uh, I don't know. What about you, Johnny? Uh, nothing. I, I got the kids to help me clean out the garage a bit and then uh, ordered pizza. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I wonder how much pizza is. Way to parent there, John. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, if you help me, I'll give you a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> if you do this for me, you can eat, is basically what you're saying. Yeah. 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 All right. What do we got today, fellas? Well, we got some wet stuff oh. versus the dry stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, about sums it up. Any, any questions from the chat room? Uh, <laughs> let me think. Uh, Tour's in the chat, and he says, who are you people? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you who is good people. Yeah. Blickman Engineering. That's true. Uh, our buddy, our John Blickman. Good old John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. I bet you he had uh, <clears throat> a wonderful time. They're actually not, not far from uh, Indianapolis, are they? Yeah, I don't know. Sure. They're out, out that part of the country. I yep. bet you the, the parking around his house, a couple hundred miles away, was still probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think of the entire Midwest as within driving distance of itself, you know. Oh, yeah. You can get anywhere because no one really knows that part of the country. It's like deepest, darkest Africa in the 40s when it wasn't really, you know, even explored all that well. It's like, I don't know. It's just this thing that I'm sure it's easy to get in and out of. Yes. That's my Like opinion. the Midwest. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, if you want uh, some of the best brew gear you can get, you want to check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's. Uh, they're lots of innovative uh, products. They're constantly coming up with new stuff, making the process of brewing better and uh, more effective. So check them out. Great sponsor uh, of this show for a long time and uh, good friend to, to all of us and uh, to homebrewers everywhere. So check them out. Tell them how much you appreciate the sponsorship of the show and uh, and see what kind of interesting goodies they have there. BlickmanEngineering.com. That's absolutely correct, Jamil. Thank you. You know that uh, the the tagline I came up with uh, for Blickman. You know, innovate your homebrew. I never used it. Oh, really? I never used it. Never paid me off for working for him or anything like that. Just kind of, you know, whatever. It's fine. Did you tell him? Did he actually ever hear the the idea of innovate your homebrew? Uh, yeah, well, I, I Facebook messaged him because we're Facebook friends. Oh, your buddies. Um, and, you know, he said, oh, oh that's pretty good. He never said he would use it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm sure he was just, you know. Being nice. Being a nice guy. Right. Um, but I at least want $10,000 for it. Oh, well, there's yeah. there's your problem. You're not dealing in reality. That's right. I never actually told him my price either. Right. So. Well, there you go. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Today we're going to uh, kind of get into uh, wet hop beers. I uh, some time ago um, there's a, a student and uh, he is in uh, like a I can't remember I didn't print out the whole thing but he's in a like a, uh, a brewing sciences uh, at the university and yeah 
And uh, some while ago, uh, his team had a challenge that, you know, all the teams in the class were challenged to produce the highest uh, amount of extract given, you know, a certain volume. And he emailed me about that. And they won that challenge. And then uh, just recently, he asked me again, he said, well, you know, our next challenge is to, you know, make great, like, wet hot beer. And, you know, what kind of recipe changes can we, like, brew a, a regular IPA and then just swap out wet hops for it? Or, mm. you know, can, you know what, what kind of changes would we need to do to the recipe in order to make that, those initial tests valid for, you know, a future beer? So I pretty much blew them off and said, <laughs> no. you know, we'll... We'll do a you know we'll we'll do a show for this instead. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about uh, wet hot beers. Got a lot of great information uh, from uh, some of our favorite brewers out there, and uh, we'll get into it right after these breaks. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. 
Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. This time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> and J- I was taking a drink, yeah. And JP is, is getting sick, I think. No, I would never do that to you. He's I'm trying, getting, I'm fighting it. He's getting the, the pneumonia. Well, hanging out with you, and then, uh, you know, Schumann's my roommate, and he has it. Well, with Schumann so. as your roommate, you're likely to catch more sexually transmitted diseases <laughs> than you would uh, well, respiratory diseases. Most of them you can't get twice, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. John? Yes? When you pound right. on your keyboard, it's quite loud. Oh, really? I didn't yes. know you could pick that up. I was, um, <laughs> I was re- responding to one of our uh, our brewing friends who was uh, giving me some last-minute uh, info on wet hop beers. So, ah, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm your roving reporter. Uh, so. <laughs> or disrobing reporters? Is that what you said? Yeah, you know, it's like shallow grave. Yes. All right. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> so, wet hot, wet hot beers. Um, a wet hot beer is something where uh, you know they're throwing in hops that haven't been dried yet, right? Right. They've just been just harvested that day. Um, it's important to make sure that. They when when they pick them like that uh, and going to use them, they get them to the brewery right away mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they the hops coming off the vine are about uh, 60, 60 to eighty percent moisture, and so um, you know if they're if they're packed tightly in plastic bags, they'll rot you know quickly. So mm-hmm. and that's well, that's the reason hops were traditionally have always been traditionally dried to preserve them and preserve their their oils and aromas and so on. Um, but you can you can make fresh hot beers or, or wet hot beers. But the key is uh, the freshness, getting them into the into the brewery right away. Mm-hmm. Well, now you said something here, uh, fresh hop, 
and wet hop. Now, are those is that the same thing? Are those different terms for the same type of beer, or are those different types of methods? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, the two terms tend to be used synonymously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, to be clear, I think we should probably just use the term wet hop. Mm-hmm. For an as-picked non-dried cone, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a fresh hop beer um, can be done like um, Sierra Nevada Celebration, where they they uh, as soon as the hops are picked, they dr- dry them right away and then use them right away, so that they're the hops are used at the peak of freshness, and that that can that's another definition for a fresh hop beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just to, for clarity in our show today and maybe going forward, we should talk about uh, wet hop beers as being, you know, non-dried mm-hmm. and fresh hop beers referring to uh, hops that are picked, dried, mm-hmm. and utilized, you know, quickly. right away, right. quickly. Fresh, and you, so you could, you could only make uh, both of those beers right at the beginning of the harvest season. That's correct, or, yeah. Right in, in the harvest range. Of, uh, of the season <clears throat> now a good example of a of a wet hop beer you mentioned uh, sierra nevada celebration that's a fresh hop beer where they're dried cones but they're done they're utilized very quickly uh, right <clears throat> in brewing the batch that's why celebration only comes out that time of year people wonder why celebration isn't a you know year-round beer i guess it could be twice a year because you have your southern harvest and you have your northern harvest right. as a matter of fact sierra nevada has uh, like a, a southern harvest ale and a northern harvest ale, don't they? Yeah, I believe that you're right. They do. And, the, and their harvest ales would be the wet hop beers. Mm-hmm. So they're using uh, fresh wet hops. Now, obviously, I don't think they could use the southern harvest one the, the exact same day straight from the field, but I believe what they do is they, they box them up, and um, just in cardboard boxes, I don't think they put them in bags because, like right. you're saying, the bags would make them rot. As soon as they got warm, it would start to, to break down all the uh, the leafy matter. And I've seen uh, boxes of hops at breweries where, um, you know, places like Hop Union or wherever or Willamette Valley or these places, they'll uh, get the, the fresh hops. They'll just throw them right in a box off of the picker. And... Um, <clears throat> Off of the the thing that strips the uh, cones off the off the binds, and then uh, right into cardboard boxes, and then they throw them on a plane and and fly them down, and then they're they're utilized for for wet hot beers. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, you know, I think it's possible that uh, breweries anywhere could do this. I know that um, you know there's a lot of uh, small hop growers that have started up i get emails every once in a while from somebody saying i'm gonna start my own hop farm and you know <laughs> with the price of hops at twenty dollars a pound i can i can be rich and then <laughs> you know i'm like well you know the price of hops is gonna go back down They're, oh no it won't it's like uh yeah it will um but i think where those folks can excel is in having fresh hops for a brewery they could get with their breweries and say look I'll grow these hops, and then you won't have to pay, you know, uh, next day air on hops. You'll get them fresher, 
and you'll be paying, you know, about the same or a little bit less, but they'll be fresher, and, you know, you can say they're locally sourced and all that. I think that's where those small hop farms can do well. And, yeah. And there's a lot of little ones popping up all over the place. I think that's one area they could really do better than the bigger hop producers and, um, and uh, you know, show get, value. Get a, yeah, and get premium price for their, for their mm-hmm. crop. Mm-hmm. The price that might actually work for them. Mm-hmm. All right, so you know what kind of things do you need to think of? Um, you know the, the 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 guy who asked this question, he his main concern was they'll dial in a really nice IPA recipe. Now, how do you take that from you know a nice IPA recipe to a wet hop recipe? How you know what changes need to happen? What do you need to account for? Yeah. Well, in talking with uh, breweries such as Great Divide and Lagunitas and and, uh, and Firestone Walker, um, the feedback I've gotten is that you really use um, the same recipe, um, but you may change the way that you schedule the hops. Um, you know, I, I've asked, you know, is there, uh, would you make differences in varietal selection? Um you know, normally you would use Centennial, Simcoe, Cascade, you know, Columbus or whatever for, for an IPA. And would you change that um, or would you just take whatever is available? And uh, the breweries responded that, you know, well, certainly the, the hop yard schedule is critical, you know, in scheduling the brew day. But um, typically, you know, the, their normal varieties are uh, available. It's just a matter of you know of planning uh, to get them. So the hop variety tends to be the same from a normal IPA to a wet hop IPA. Um, but what brewers have done to maximize the use of the wet hop is uh, they'll um, bitter uh, with say pellets, you know, at the front end, and then save the wet hops for later in the boil. You know, the last fifteen minutes in whirlpool. Because one of the one of the characters uh, brewers are trying to realize with wet hops are the very light uh, aromatic oils that you know would tend to be lost during kilning um, and drying of the hops, um, and so to preserve that that very fresh hop flavor, you know you you want to use them at the end. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, any heat at all would quickly dry. volatilize those and drive them off. Yeah, so that so with a wet hot beer versus a normal IPA, you get a lot more of the the green fresh hop uh, aroma. Um, some people describe it as grassy or chlorophyll, but it's it's uh, essentially a very fresh, you know, hop mm-hmm. yard out in the sun kind of uh, note, and uh, that's what they're trying to capture in these beers. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there's also. You know compounds that are in the the wet hops that are driven off as well as the moisture is driven from the hop. The um, you know some of those green grassy character that gets driven off as well. Right, and uh, I think you you pick up a lot of that <clears throat> in the uh, wet hop beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a different flavor than you know people are are normally used to. Um, but uh, you know, if you, if you like, if you're a hop aficionado, then uh, that's the kind of flavor you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Or, and um, yeah, um, 
Let's see. Looking at some of my notes here. Um, typically, the amount of hops that are used for wet hop additions, uh, because of the, you know, all that moisture, sixty to eighty percent roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, when they when they dry hops, they take the moisture levels down to about ten percent. So you figure anywhere from four to six times as much mass of hops are used when using wet when using wet hops than mm-hmm. you would for a comparable, you know, bittering addition or uh, flavor addition of uh, normal hops. Mm-hmm. So probably about four to six times as much hops, you know, uh, than uh, a normal addition. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can use them, you know, late hopping, whirlpool. Um, and uh, get get some of that very fresh aroma. The um, the myrcene is one uh, hop hop oil that's more prevalent in a in a fresh hop than or sorry a wet hop than a dried hop. Uh, myrcene is one one of the oils that's very volatile and a lot of it's driven off during the kilning process. Mm-hmm. Well, and what about uh, doing something like uh, a wet dry hopping? <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's very popular. Um, again, that's one way to capture um, some more of these, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the very lightest um, oils, and you know, they could give it give it a much more off the vine flavor. Um, um, that you just don't you you know aromas and flavors that you just don't experience in a mm-hmm. in, in a normal uh, beer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wet dry hopping works. Um, you typically you um, the I believe you treat them just like you would a a normal dry hopping. You know, same amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, contact time, and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would wonder you know if you're growing your own, you might want to. Um you know, check for mites or, you know, yeah, that's little true. critters in there before you threw them in uh, without boiling. Um, but I, I suppose even then, that probably wouldn't be too big a deal. A few aphids in yeah, they dry, drown, you dry know. hot beer. Yeah. Um, I've thrown them in your beer several times and you've never seemed to notice them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> thanks for that. I'll, yeah, tell you, I'll tell you what. Let's let's take a short break, and during that, I'll I'll yell at you for that, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll come back to more about wet hopping after this. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious devils on horseback. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events, recipes, great feature stories, Stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders, and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months. And then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm sorry. 
supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking about wet hops. So, John, what about um, the storage of these wet hops? Can you store them for a period of time and then use them? Or does it have to be right away? I mean, what's. what's well, the they're, deal they're there? pretty unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the high moisture content, um, they're they might um, like break out and start screaming at you at some point. <laughs> That's right, yeah, but metaphorically, of course. So um, like JP would be like a wet hop. Hey. <laughs> he has been it's described unstable. as a wet hop. Yes, oh. um, but uh, they're usually they're as you said earlier. They're they're stored in cardboard boxes or shipped in cardboard boxes, um, loosely packed. Mm-hmm. And generally, they're chilled until use. Um, you know, they're kept in the the hop storage room, which you know, in most breweries are in the cold room. Um, and uh, so that you know that the coolness helps. Uh, you know, forty degrees or so helps uh, keep them um, from spoiling, from molding, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, generally, you know, it's a low moisture uh, environment in the room, such like that. And so that also helps uh, serve them. But generally, the recommendation is that you use them within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. Now, what about um, storage of the finished beer? Is that any different than, um, you know, a beer made with dried hops? It's a little different. Um, from what I've, what, I've, what I've discussed with people... Uh, the 
that fresh, uh, grassy uh, character uh, typically fades within three months. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, so but if you compare, you know, a wet hop beer to say another IPA such as Pliny, um, you know, you know that when you go to a go to a bar, you're you're looking to find a, a fresh keg of Pliny because that's when it's at its peak. Um, you know, all that great hop character, you know, for Pliny or other, you know, uh, strong IPAs, you know, it, it it goes with time, and they they've noticed the same behavior with wet hop beers. Um, again, that that fresh, that um, that that different character, that fresh hop character, uh, tends to d- go away after about three months. Um, now, Jeremy over at uh, Lagunitas was telling me that um, they when they uh, wet dry hop uh, beers in the kegs, uh, he said that there are so many unstable compounds in those beers that the beer changes daily. Um, you know, they every day a different, you know, same keg, but every day a different beer when they pour it because mm-hmm. that 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 um, dry hop care, their wet dry hop character is constantly changing. Hmm. Well, that sounds like a, a great way to go then. Yeah, yeah, it'd be an interesting. And for a lot of like people like myself that you know grow hops, uh, I'll definitely throw some in a throw some in a keg and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one thing when you're growing your own hops. It's um, pretty difficult to know what the alpha acid would be of uh, wet hops, even if you were able to <clears throat> grow your own hops and and do some some tests and boil it and you know make a beer and compare that to a known value or send it out for analysis. The problem with that is all your fresh hops, <laughs> you know, they're they're not going to be fresh anymore, but or wet hops are not going to be wet anymore by the time you get that process done so you're never really going to know what your alpha acid is if you're using uh, home grow now if you buy them commercially they'll do the tests real quick and you know let you know what what the result is right right yeah you just kind of have to go with the you know the the average for the variety you know five to seven percent um you know nine to twelve percent that kind of thing well, it can kind of vary wi- wildly uh, on homegrown because the growing conditions have such an impact. It's like you know, just trying to grow, you know, to yeah. make tomatoes, and you know, your tomatoes are maybe you know small and green, and the the next uh, block over, somebody's growing oh, and I these suppose huge you have ones. Big red ones, huh? I've got big <laughs> giant red ones. Well, and just because the varietal says five to seven doesn't necessarily mean that that's even what you're going to get. Right? right. You could get one, right. one to two. Yeah. You know, or you could get, uh, you know, rarely yeah. do you get more because the, the hop growers, they know what they're doing as far yeah. as. Uh, For people that grow their, their own hops at home, um, you know, you've got you've to get up and feel the cones. You're looking for a more resilient, springy, mm-hmm. you know, papery sensation rather than just a soft cone. Mm-hmm. And look at the lupulin, you know, kind of break a cone apart, look at how yellow it is, mm-hmm. you know, smell it. Right. Um, the the longer you I like to do that hops, every morning. Yeah. And feel yeah. the cones, squeeze them, look for the uh, yellow. Yeah. If you can get other people to do it, great. You know, otherwise, you know, do it yourself. Right. Um but you know, feel feel the cone and feel how ripe it is. Um, and the longer you leave them on the vine, mm-hmm. the more the oil content will increase. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, you don't want to leave them on, you know, until they start turning brown. Uh-huh. Um, you want them to, you, right. you want them to stay green, maybe a little bit of brown at the very edges, uh-huh. you know, as they start to dry out and mature. But um, there, there's that's why you're you're smelling them and feeling them is you're uh-huh. looking for that kind of peak where uh-huh. the lupulin's turning really yellow and the oil, you know, that you you can really smell that oil come in uh-huh. the cone. But I'm serious here. You want to do this day, daily because mm-hmm. it progresses that fast. I mean, you know, one yes. day they're perfect and the next day not quite so much. You know, it's it's kind of like um, doing barreled beers where, um, yeah. you know, Chris and I were talking. He's like, you know, it's, you know, if something's not exactly ready, I said, well, you know, in barrel-aged beers, I think, it's either not quite enough or it is too much. I mean, that yeah. moment where it was perfect is rarely caught, I think. And that's why you hold back beer for blending. I think the same thing on the hop cones. You can't really hold back, you know, lesser aged hops. Like, although they may not all progress at the same on the on the vines. So, um, you know, you uh, you want to check it every day. You want to go out there and squeeze your cones every day and smell them and, and look at them. And, uh, you know, because there will come a day where it's just about perfect. And that's when yeah. you want to go ahead and pick them and brew. You know, you have, to, you have to be prepared to call in sick for work and brew on that day <laughs> if you really want the best effect, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've met... Uh, talk with people that bring you know bags of hop cones to a homebrew club meeting and and they pick them too early i mean there's you know there's no real aroma in them um they just look nice and big and green and like he said like you know the pictures you see on the book covers and stuff it's like well yeah that's a nice green hop cone but you know you're looking you know smell it that's that's the telltale you know? mm-hmm. right so. well and that's what you're trying to capture because Really, a lot of the flavor compounds, you know, they you you lose some, I guess, you know, the more it's kiln. But what you're trying to get is that very elusive, you know, lighter, very highly volatile aromatic compounds. Yeah, uh, sesquiterpenes or whatever. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, let's do this. Let's take another short break, and we'll wrap this this subject up and answer any of uh, the questions you might have in the chat. Back after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. 
Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, 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 it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has homebrewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Uh... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. And I wanted to tell you, uh, my brothers and sisters, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. 
plus a free extra gift so essential we can't mention on the radio. To top all that off, they'll throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com for the special offer. You'll get the 50% off one item when you type J-A-M-I-L for the uh, offer code upon checkout. And when you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. So use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com today. And uh, find some interesting things that you and your uh, your loved one can enjoy. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're talking um, wet hot beers <clears throat> and the process and... Uh, and uh, storage and things like that. That's one one thing I don't think we covered fully, John. You know, the process. Is there anything that should be different about the process in using the wet hop beers when you're dry hopping or adding them to the boil? I mean, does it tend to boil over more, or do you need to account for more volume since there's more water in them, or you know, or more, well, more boil volume, off or anything like that? The, I think in terms of volume, the, the since you're using you know four to five, you know basically five times as much hops mm-hmm. uh, to get the same same amount of bittering for an addition that you would normally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you got to you got to reckon on that. Um, that's uh, five ounces versus one ounce, or mm-hmm. you know um, for an addition. So well, that would be bittering. Now, what about on aromatic? And flavor additions or dry hop additions, you use a, a one-to-one ratio like you would in uh, any other beer. They are using uh, you know regular well, dry hops. I guess I think the, I think again the the five-to-one holds. I mean, if you're used to dry hopping with an ounce of Columbus, um, you know that's um, that's going to become five ounces of Columbus to well, get that same amount of of. Right, by by weight, but volume should remain the same, correct? I mean, if you're using, let's let's break it down into cones. If you're using 20 cones of dried hops, you would use 20 cones of wet hops. They would weigh, you know, yeah. six to seven times as much, Yeah, but it's the same volume. Right, but the thing is... One, you know, twenty cones of dried hops used for dry hopping mm-hmm. is going to become, um, well, if you're doing it by weight basis, you know that 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 twenty cones would weigh, you know, uh, two tenths of an ounce. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to need to use five times mm-hmm. um, to get, you know as much mm-hmm. um, weight, and that's right. going to be. That's going to be, you know, 100 cones worth um, huh? in terms of... Uh, no, because <laughs> the hops weigh way, five to six times or seven times more, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing it backwards. Right. So the wet hops weigh that many times more, and yeah. the reason when you're weighing them out, you know, people are used to measuring hops by weight, and you get, you know, a certain amount of uh, weight, based off of that and maybe the better thing to do with wet hops is if you're you're used to you know measuring out a certain amount of dried hops for a beer you would check the volume of that you know mm-hmm. you've got you know a, a bag of cones and it fills up a liter bottle or whatever and okay that's that's your amount of hops if you were to fill up that same size container with wet hops then you know that it should weigh you know 5 to 7 times more and you know, it would be the same volume, though. I, have, I think I had it backwards uh, if mm-hmm. I, as I had another sip of beer there. 
Um, two tenths of an ounce. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say that's a hundred cones of uh-huh. dry hops. Uh-huh. Um, that would only equal you know like twenty cones of wet hops. Right by weight. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, might be easier just to check. You know, volume. You'd have an equivalent volume. It's just the weight yeah, would be different because they're going to rehydrate during the boil. Right. True. And Very and true. so that's part of my question is, all right, with dried hops, you know, we throw that in, they absorb some liquid uh, from the boil, and that has some, one effect. When you're using wet hops, it has some liquid in it, and it'll still probably absorb a little bit because um, they're not, you know, fully, totally wet. They're, they're, they've dried out some. And so when you throw them in, it's not going to absorb as much liquid. I wonder how that changes, you know, your boil off or, you know, your final volume may actually, if you're using a lot of these compared to you've done the same recipe with uh, half yeah. a bale of of dried cones in your five-gallon batch, and then you, you know, you put half a bale of wet hops into your five-gallon batch, um, you know, it's going to affect your... Uh, your 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 boil off rates and your your residual amount of liquid there i would think yeah i it's that's a real good question because i'm not sure how that would translate to your you know how much um how much troop you have in the in the kettle mm-hmm. and uh you know how much how much liquid those hops and that troop is holding on to mm-hmm. um Probably not enough moisture to to worry about, but I would think that there there would be some slight effect, you know, especially if you you throw in a lot of cones. On, yeah. uh You know, your final evaporation rate may look slightly different, you know, but I That's imagine true. it's you know probably not even adding up to a percent. Uh, but it might. I don't know. I I, I really personally haven't done a whole lot of uh, wet hot beers. Yeah, me either. Um, that's a, that's an interesting interesting point. Mm-hmm. Just even get some listener feedback on that and report on the next show or something. Yeah. Well, we'll get right on that. Um, <coughs> That'll happen real fast. <laughs> well, speaking of real fast, uh, what do we got? Uh, any questions from the chat that we need to, to cover before we, we wrap up this show? This is uh, from our ever-present Spider Wrangler. Uh, a bit on a side topic, but our shop, I guess he works at a Humber shop, got in fresh citra hops this past season. Some of the cone clusters still had a bit of leaf and uh, bind in with the hops. Mm-hmm. Would it be possible to propagate a clone from this small amount of plant material? Or when they bury the binds to create new plants, does it need access to nutrients from the existing root system to develop into a functional rhizome? I don't know if you guys know anything really about uh, on the growing side. No. Um, yeah, neither do I. I believe the, the rhizome is a, is a different... Uh, organ in the plant than say the stem. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure you need the you know a chunk of the rhizome yeah. to uh, propagate rather than a piece of stem. Yeah. Don't be cheap, spider. Well, <laughs> the thing is, they don't sell the rhizomes. It's a proprietary, oh, oh, citra? Oh, yeah. like Citra, Simcoe, Amarillo. Uh, uh, you can't get the. Um, just go. Just go to the rhizomes. farm. Yeah, you'd have to sneak <laughs> out there and dig it up. Which should be easy. <laughs> Yeah, um, how much security do they have on these things, anyways? Now, don't anybody go out there and do this. No. Uh, he's saying that they drop the binds and bury them, and that converts to rhizome. I don't think that's true. I mean, you, you could absolutely be right, Spider, but I, I, I really feel that that's right. not true. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's that far off either. Yeah. I think if it, if you had it wet enough and green enough, it might. 
and it, it'll start dropping. You got to give it the you got to give it the right kind of um, right roasting. kind of conditions, yeah. and you'd still need leaves on it. I think let's get Ralph yeah. Olsen on the phone because it doesn't have an otherwise it doesn't have enough um, uh, you know starch and, and and ability to grow without. You know, it would need the sunlight. So I think if you if you tucked one end under in the ground, it may start sprouting. Yeah. That might be a possibility. It would be worth trying. I, I mean, mean, what do you lose? Nothing. You know, Nate yeah. Smith might know, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that it matters now because he's not here. But, uh, I mean, I've seen him pictures of the harvest, and they mm-hmm. they cut the vine, and, and right. they, they drag the whole vine into the truck uh-huh. to be processed. So right. what, you know, what's there to drop, you know? It's all gone. They cut it They cut it right. at the bottom. Right, but... You can, you can, what he's saying is, you know, when the vine comes up out of the ground, you can actually bury that and it becomes more rhizome. Oh, I see. So at, at the, when you get the little, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. when you get your shoots in the first. Right. Okay. Yeah, that it, I guess. It I essentially think. sends out runners yeah. and then when they come up out of the ground, they, Probably you know, changes to the vine. It's, right? it's the same essential thing, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that I guess it, I could see. It has yeah, to be strong enough to right. survive that and grow. I mean, it's going to take right. a couple weeks. Yeah, interesting. Well, I don't know. He's oh. saying... He's you saying the right nutrients and all that, maybe? He's saying they bury, potatoes. they bury the vines and cover them at the end of growing season. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know, Spider. I'm sorry, bro. Contact Hop Union, our fine sponsor for the mm-hmm. Brewing Network in general. Um, also, you, uh, this is again from Spider. Uh, do you guys uh, have any thoughts on freezing wet hops? As air free as possible, then adding a flame out addition for aroma and getting a jump on cooling. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think uh, the the cones would have enough mass to to really do anything as far as cooling. Oh, um, true. Yeah, a minor amount. I mean, there is some water in it, but um, you know, you end up uh, kind of uh, exploding the little cells with the ice crystals and. I think you get a lot more of the the slimy, mucky kind yeah, of result. Yeah, you get a lot more polyphenol and uh, the nonsense from the uh, husk and the hop, the hop cone husks and so on. Get a lot more vegetable matter in the boil. I think mm-hmm. by doing it that way. Uh, and then uh, our last, uh, more of a comment uh, from Cal Pyro in chat. Um, he wanted to comment on uh, growing hops uh, with like Columbus. He said, "Dank hops like Columbus get a real strong onion flavor when left on the vine until ripe. Cascade gets much better when really ripe. So I guess it's varietal dependent on, on how long you you really want to leave it. I guess maybe there's some varietals that you would just pick when they're hmm. maybe you wouldn't as far as like a Cascade. Maybe you would let Cascade go longer than a mm-hmm. uh, more of a danky, so you don't get that." Real mm-hmm. weird oniony chive thing happening. Mm-hmm. That was all. That's it. All right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Oh, I think that uh, that's another fine show and uh, good good comments from the chat. Uh, yeah, chat. Uh, we're just talking up a storm to themselves. Good right. Now. Not listening to us. Just good for them. Talking up a storm. <laughs> sure, sure. That makes sense. All right. If that's what you want to do, John. How do you fine. feel about that? Well, I'm just glad I had a whole bottle of Eagle Twin here to drink. There we go. There you go. Getting his drink on. <laughs> <coughs> that way, think, really that way he can show. think. And, uh, I don't think... It was interesting I to learn about. It is. That's, that was, it was a good time. Uh, I don't think that there's a, a man alive, or a woman for that matter, that, can, that can smile wider than John Palmer does when he's drunk. 
<laughs> he's just he's just two eyes and a big grin. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, if you're listening live, uh, stay tuned. We've got a, a great yes. Q and A show coming up for you. And uh, if you're not, you'll hear that in about two weeks. Uh, check out the Brewing Network store. There's a lot of great goodies in there that uh, help support the Brewing Network. So. Check out, they got some shirts, hats, books, glassware, all sorts of goodies that uh, have the Brewing Network logo on them. You check it out. And they may even still have uh, Bruce Strong shirts in there, which John and I both love. Oh, yeah. So check those out and uh, help support the Brewing Network with your purchase. Is there something that we don't know about your friend, John Palmer? No. Nothing? nothing. nothing. <laughs> really? No. He's, wow. he's got a whole no, stack of Bruce Strong shirts. He's no longer my friend. Wow. Oh, I, oh, I learned something oh. about him. There you go. So you learned something new? Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm he's, he's, he's a green and a, a grin and uh, two eyes. Is that there you go? That? Yeah. That's, is that what you learned about my friend? <laughs> he's Paul a Palmer? grin and two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see a winning smile, get Palmer drunk. All right. All right. <laughs> Till then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody. Bruce Strong.